Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. Hey guys, this is Sean and Dr. Allison House with The Authentic Dentist Podcast. And today we're gonna to talk about personality tests and what does that have to do with dentistry? Well, um, I like the personality tests. I've taken quite a few of them and I've had a lot of consultants that tell me to take the personality test with my team and to pick people of a certain personality for certain positions in my office. Have you ever heard this? Well, so let's back up, like, let's say 10, 15 years ago, what personality tests were you aware of then? Because all I knew about was DISC or Myers-Briggs. Those are the only two I knew about before. Yeah. And now it's like, there's the Enneagram. There's the, I just told you, I just took the spark type, whatever that is. You were just telling me about Jordan. Neo. Yeah. yeah, the Neo. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them out there. And I think they give you some insight into something. I don't know if ev any of them actually do the entirety of your personality, but they give you a little insight into who you are and what you're about. You were mentioning, though, that who you are at work is different than who you are at home. Well, I get so bummed in these tests because I'm like, I wish they could somehow remove my ability to screw them up like I, I feel like i screw them up because yeah i feel i'm like okay in this context or in this situation or in this role maybe that's a better way of looking at it i feel like i would answer it very differently now i'm not paying to take it again and say as the husband or father role in my house with this paradigm or, or set of lenses on would i would it actually maybe it wouldn't be different like i don't know i just feel like it would be different I don't, I don't know if it's different for me. I feel like I'm the same no matter where I am. But you're right, I have much more of a leadership role in my office versus my home. I'm still a leader, but I have a co-leader in, in, my, in my home. And then I've got kids, which is a, just a different, it's a different style that you have with your kids versus your team. So what about Strength Finder? Have you heard of that one? I have heard of that. Did you take it? I have, but it's been so long, I don't remember any of it. I know that every time I take those tests, though, I'm always, I always have kind of a weird one. I'm never like in the middle. <laughs> and maybe that's just true for all dentists. Um, conscientiousness is probably just part of our makeup. And it's always like 99% conscientiousness. So I'm, I'm always kind of that outer limit. I don't know. What kind of, what kind of statistics do you get? Well, so with, with the strengths finder specifically, like the whole methodology is like, hey, um, there's 35 or so different strengths that they've identified people can have. And their whole idea is instead of finding out what you're not good at, if you identify your top five and you double down on those, it's a better strategy for success in the workplace by being like just leveraging your gifts pretty much. Um, and that's the free assessment. Uh, actually, no, it's not free. You buy the book and it gives you, it gives you um, an access code. But then you can unlock the full assessment and it tells you where all 35 are ranked. 
So I didn't, that was really helpful because I didn't know what was right outside my top five. So even like knowing what six through 10 was, and then they classify them in four different like quadrants. And one of them is execution. And it's weird that my three of my top five are like in the execution um, quadrant, which I don't view myself as an executor. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think you make things happen. Well, so that's the thing. In a macro sense, I do. In a micro sense, I don't. So I'm not good at executing projects, um, like menial tasks in an orderly way, but I'm good at making big things happen over time. So then your strength would be more the bigger vision. Like you don't like to do the small tasks. Well, so I got There's nothing wrong with that. I got really depressed because my number one strength is belief. And I was like, oh, okay, belief. Like, cause it just came across really lame. Like, oh, what does belief do? Like, it just seems like, oh, guess what? You believe. Yeah, that's that's lame. Like I want something like uh really? well, I just wanted something that was more linked to action. Uh, yeah, something like that. Now, the crazy thing is when I looked at it, belief actually means you have the ability to almost like galvanize people on something that doesn't exist. Like 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 it, it's like actually Elon Musk. Well, yeah, so it's actually big picture oh, you see something that doesn't exist and you actually have the belief that it can happen. So it's, yeah. it, it, it's actually that really helpful. Good. <laughs> but at first I, I almost laughed at it and scoffed at it. I was like, oh, this almost like you just believe that the world should be a better place and you know you have these ideals. And that's what I thought it was. I was like, great, I, I'm a person of ideals, but that means nothing. And then I, I went deeper into it and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Um, so you should take it because I'd love to find out. Like, I'm curious what of those 35... Like what would be common among dentists? I, I will take it and let you know, because that, that would be very interesting. Um, I do know that my husband is the, the big picture guy. So in his office, he is thinking big, creating, but he doesn't do any of the small tasks. In fact, it's, he doesn't do any small tasks anywhere. It's not who he is. And Anywhere, meaning any role, even at home. Even at home. He's a big picture guy. And that's a great quality. I mean, you want to be that, that big picture, but you also would like to have the execution. And so he has to have other people execute, which works in his office. He just had to figure that out and then hire people that would execute for him. And I'm, I think possibly because we're married or I don't know, I tend to be more the, um, the detail oriented person. I'm the one that gets things done. Things happen because of me. But the big picture, I have a hard time with. I really have to sit down and think about it because I, I can't always imagine what something's going to look like. But if you tell me what it's going to look like, I'll make it happen. They're two different skill sets. They're both good skill sets, but most one person probably doesn't have that. Maybe Elon Musk has that, but most people don't have both of those skill sets. So you have to hire around you who those people are and, and how you get things done. And, and so it's important to know who you are and who you've hired. So which ones have helped you specifically in the dental, um, you know, it, uh, like what awareness or what tests have helped you be able to bring, I don't know, positive change or make some insights in your dental practice because of it? Everything I know about leaders is that you have to lead yourself first. And that means you have to know yourself. And so that has been very helpful for me. I've done the Enneagram um, I've done the Neo, I've done uh, the Myers-Briggs. So I, I know who I am and, you know, you always want to change it, but it is what it is. So did you just do the Neo? Is that the one you recently did? 
I did a couple months ago. Yeah. Okay. So are you thinking you're going to have your team do that or would that not be helpful? No, I am going to have my team do it. Um, the information needs to be private. You shouldn't share all of it, but I can tell you when I did it, it was a Jordan Peterson one, but there's tons of them out there. He's just easiest to access. Um, I found that openness is, I'm like a 99 on openness, which is way at the, at that top end. And it just means that I'm not very judgmental, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. And so I have to recognize, okay, I need to be more judgmental here, perhaps when I'm not. And it's also a great thing because patients can tell me anything. Kids can tell me anything. I'm, I'm, I'm never shocked. I just listen and we just move from there. So is there a different category for agreeableness or does that there fall? Is. Okay. So that's a, how, how do you rank on that? I'm, I'm pretty high on agreeableness. Okay. Because this is something that recently I've been almost like grappling with because I remember Jordan saying um, there's a negative relationship between uh, being high in agreeableness and making lots of money in life. Yes, there um, is. <laughs> which is why he says predominantly men make more also just generally because they aren't as agreeable as women. Um, and it's a good thing that women are agreeable, but not when it comes to earning. And it was so weird because I found that I'm, I like peace. I like agreement. I don't like causing unnecessary tension at all. And um, I was meeting with somebody and we've been meeting for a while and, you know, I was partially like offering some, some ways in which I could help them in a really agreeable way. And finally they were just like, you know what? Like I, I would love to, but we just don't have any funds for it. So I almost threw agreeableness out the window because I just cared enough about them to like give them the honest feedback that I thought they needed to hear. And the second I did that, they're like, oh my God, like I want to hear more. And I was just like, what the heck? <laughs> like I've been so nice and almost like saying in the lines and almost like there wasn't respect for that. And then I threw that out and was less agreeable. And there was all of a sudden more of an interest in what I did. And I'm like, darn it, because I, I want to also be true to who I am. This is the Authentic Dentist podcast, Allison. But how, I, like, like, how do you figure that out? How do you work within that tension of, okay, so if this is part of who you are, what, what latitude do you have to work on it without compromising who you are? So I am very agreeable, which means that I will do things that I don't want to do. I will say yes when I don't want to say yes. And so I have people around me that are disagreeable and they're hard to work with sometimes, but I, I've recognized the skill in them. And so I run things past them. When I'm about to do something, I'll ask, Hey, should I really give this away? And they'll be like, no, <laughs> you're giving away our raises. Oh, you're right. You're right. I can't do that. So I, I've learned to stop and not just say yes, even though my first reaction is to say yes or give something even though that's my first reaction and just run it by. And sometimes a disagreeable person will say, yeah, that makes sense. I think you should do that. But I, 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 I'm trying to listen to those people around me who I have hired for, for those reasons. It is hard to work with a disagreeable person though. <laughs> but I think that's brilliant. Like what you did that that's brilliant because you need someone that's just going to be like, no, like that's not the best thing for you. I, yeah, I can become a yes man at times just because Hey, I want to help people. So do you. Um, I think a lot of us are agreeable and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's trying to figure out where those boundaries are so that you can protect yourself and you can do all the things that you want to do, make the money. And even if you don't keep the money, you, you want to be able to make the money. If you give it all to charity, fine, but it's important that you make the money and you can pay your bills. You know, I also heard someone say, 
in like a sales context, when you are quoting price, um, quote price as if you're um, defending the worth of like a younger version of yourself. That's brilliant. I like that. <laughs> like Allison, five years in, that was already working her butt off, like doing everything she could to become the best dentist. Like she deserved to make the money that, that she was working for. Uh, but I lacked the belief back then. Right. I have it now. But at the time, you've heard the Dunning-Kruger. So Dunning-Kruger is when you don't know some, you don't know much about something, you believe that you know a lot. Like before you go to dental school, you think you know a lot about dentistry. And then you go to dental school and you graduate. You think, yeah, I pretty much know everything. And then you start practicing and that just falls into, oh God, I know nothing. I'm in so much trouble. And then you kind of climb back out into the expert when you really do know what you're getting into. And we do this with everything. But at the beginning of my career, I was definitely in that bottom where I did know a lot, but I felt like I didn't. And now as I climb back up, I know. I know that I know a lot and I also know what I don't know. And that's really helpful to know what you don't know. Okay, so I don't know why. I just heard something about that this week too that was like, um, it reminded me of something. It was the same exact thing. So I don't know where I heard it again, but hopefully I don't get this mixed up. In the beginning, we start with unconscious incompetence, uh -huh. which then leads us to conscience, conscious in, incompetence where we start realizing what we don't know. And eventually we want to get to conscious competence, I think, where we, we understand what our expertise is. Uh, no, no, no. I think it's, we want to end up at unconscious. <sighs> I no, you want to end up with conscious competence where you know what you know and you know what you don't know. And that's, that is that expert level. And it takes a while to get there. But back to your point of asking for what I was worth, I was worth more than I thought I was back then because I still had the skills. I was still doing a good job. I just didn't know as much as I know today. So you're right. You need to ask for what you're worth. And especially today, you need to ask for what you're worth. Your family depends on you. Your office depends on you. And really, I think you've taught me this. Patients want to pay more. It's almost like they feel better if they pay a little bit more because then they feel like they're getting something different, which I think is interesting. You were talking about websites that, yeah, if you pay more, somehow it feels better. Well, it just depends. If you want quality and you want to know you got the best, um, there's that weird psychological thing of like, okay, so if I'm wanting, let's say, to give my wife a really special gift and all things considered, there's this one necklace that's $400 and there's this one necklace that's like $1,400. It's like, well, if I get her the $400 one, it's like I'm saying she's worth $400 where if I get her the $1,400 one or the $14,000 one, there's something about that. It's like, you're a $14,000 woman. Like you, 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 now, I don't mean, I just mean like to wear a $14,000 necklace. And we even talked about it in the past. You're like, I don't care about wearing something like that. You would feel almost irresponsible. But if you knew about it though. But it, it's all about value. So yeah, don't ever buy me something $14,000 that I'm going to wear. Um, I have this big party coming up for my 50th birthday and I bought a dress. The dress is $79. My husband is not amused by this. He's like, we need a $5,000 dress. I'm like, why? I'm going to, I bought a $79 dress. I'm having it altered. It's fine. It'll work. It looks good. Okay. So when have you wore something, jewelry, um, shoes, whatever that made you feel uncomfortable because it was expensive or, or, or just un, like, have you ever? No, my most expensive shoes are my, still my weightlifting shoes. <laughs> 
but I will spend a quarter of a million dollars on dental equipment. So that's where I value. That's just, and that's what's important to me. But also I wasn't willing to spend less on the dental equipment because I valued that so much. I wanted the top of the line. I wanted something that would work. That was what was important to me. And so I think that's, that's the tension of if this is really important to me and I want it, then I'm willing to pay a lot more and I want to pay more because I want the best. Whereas my dress, I don't care. I don't care. But a lot of people do care about clothes and jewelry. And, and if they care, then they do want the best. Well, and when, when there's that idea that like, if I get the best website, that means it's probably going to convert the best and function the best. And I'm going to be viewed as a, exactly as a more, I don't know, authentic version. Because like, like the whole point is, is this website actually presenting my practice in the most accurate light? Um, so that when people show up, they're like, oh, this, this isn't what, like you want it to, to have resonance, to be on brand, on point and to be effective. And, and so I, you don't want to pay a hundred dollars for it. No, right, that right. doesn't feel good. Right. And that's like, even with like photography, it's like, okay, so, oh, I got a deal. It's like $200 for the whole shoot. Or it's like, oh, if we spend 2,500 for the whole shoot, there's a certain respect you even show up with. Like yeah. this person knows what they're doing. And, and this is what they talk about when they talk about artists and creatives that are charging a lot. The ones that are trying to do bargain prices, they don't have the latitude to be able to deliver exceptional outcomes, exceptional service, because everything is pinched. Margins are compressed and every, you, you can't be generous. You can't even give that extra amount that's going to lift the outcome. Um, and it's like, so don't do that in your pricing with your dentistry. We talk about this in veneers all the time. You want the ability that if a veneer doesn't go right, you can just fix it. You have the, the financial latitude to just fix something if it goes wrong. And if you've penny pinched to the point where there's no profit, then you can't do that. You can't deliver what you want to deliver. So it matters. And again, that's back to personality though. What's important to you? Who are you? And I think that's the only way you can lead your team and yourself is, is looking at that big picture of agreeableness, conscientiousness, who are you and who do you need to surround yourself with? Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic. Thank you.